sometimes it can be really hard to bust out of a bad place. Alice in Wonderland was in an intense position. She felt the pressure of having to follow up her hugely successful debut album, Run. And she was in a toxic place in her personal life. The song you'll hear about in this episode is one that ended up changing her in real life. It's a story about overcoming something really tough, about learning self-worth and trusting your gut. And it never would have made it onto her second album without the help of fans. Let's get her to tell you the story. I'm Linda Mariano and this is Inspired with Alice in Wonderland, Church. As Alice in Wonderland joins us from LA via Skype. Good afternoon, Alice in Wonderland. Hello. Carver, what's going on? Well, look, we're just sinking into the world of church and we want you yeah. to bring us into it. Yeah, so actually church is one of the songs I feel like I sweat and cried over the most out of any song on that album. It was the first song that I wrote for the album, actually, and it's the last song I finished. And there was a huge journey between the start and the end of, of the album. I don't know where I should begin. The importance that church has to me, I think, is it actually lyrically helped me get through something in my real life. So when I was writing the, the lyrics for the song and the, the top line over, you know, just like some chords, a lot of things came to light for me where I realized that I wasn't, I was in a very toxic relationship and I was getting treated really, really, really badly. It actually was the start of a long journey to me giving myself strength to leave probably one of the worst things I've ever been in. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, tell us about that headspace that you were in when you started it where were you in the world I was in LA I, I, I had met up with Joel Little who writes with Lord and Khalid we were in his house and you know there was a you know a, an instance that I'd gone through I think a couple of days before where I in my head was thinking I wish this person would treat me like church I'm not like a religious person by any means but for me, like the symbolism of church and how someone treats church if they are religious is like so well, you know, they respect it. There's this just like this unearthly way of treating what you believe in. So I wanted someone to believe in me like that, you know, and I think that was like my desperation searching for like an analogy on what I really, really wanted. I spent a lot of my love, energy and everything around me focusing on this other human who never gave anything back to me, uh, never touched me. It was really, really bad. And when I wrote Church, uh, I didn't realize how bad it was until I read the lyrics that night and went, hold on, this isn't normal to be writing like this, you know, about someone that you're supposedly you know, in love with. Build me up just to bring me down. And this song probably means the most to me in a way where it changed my life in real life. You know, it's not easy to leave 
something where you know if you have the type of love where you're like it's almost an obsession like I hope I never have that type of love again because it's literally like you give everything and anything to this thing that you build up in your head and and they just take and take and take and then bring you down and bring you down so that's why this song was so important and I think leading into the next part of like the song was why it was so hard for me to produce the music for it and it took me the longest to finish. You said you were writing it with Joel Little that day when you first went into the studio. Did he notice what this song seemed to be about and was he worried about his friend that he was working with? I think like a lot of people were worried about me but like I think it was like at a point where like that's something I had to do myself, you know. But Joel, you know, obviously what I loved about Joel is that he let me be my... Because, you know, before that, like with Run and stuff like that, you know, I write my own top lines. So to go in with a writer, it's always a gamble. I needed you another way. Give me up another one. Because I'm so strong as a writer myself, the person I need to go in with has to, like, be empathetic and kind of like chime in when they feel like the, the melody or the lyrics need lifting and it's kind of like adding to what I did and it was actually really funny because the power is like I shouldn't let you get to me but I do I let you take we were like that was so stuck in our head like that melody that we were whistling it like a country song and because but we're like, I shouldn't let you get to me, and we're just like joking about it because it was like so strongly melodic. And I think like writing with Joel was so great because he did sit back and let me be myself and let me be open and honest. And um, you know, like that is a therapy session. Even like talking to someone and bouncing ideas off. It ties, I don't know. It ties into the notion of truth in the artistry as well. But you talked before about the fact that this song had a really long journey. It was the first song you started for the album and it was the last song you finished. So what happened in the in-between bit? What happened in the production side of it, Alice in Wonderland? So, you know, obviously not only am I a songwriter, I'm like I'm also a, a pretty a strong producer and I've been producing for a long time and I think I'd put so much pressure on this song because of its meaning and how strong I felt the melodic vocal was that I didn't know how to, like it, it was really hard for me to see the direction of the music. Funnily enough, like the first demo I made for it sounds the most similar to the, the final product. Oh, is that, the, is that the rough demo that I've got here, the one from uh, yeah, August 2017? All this time that I'm putting in. Okay. And that was like the second day of me writing church. But, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in the industry, a lot of big producers who I trust. And so, you know, I show them all the top line and I'm like, I don't fucking know where to go with this, with the music. Like, here are my chords, but that's all I have. Um, so, you know, um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't really want to publicly say the people who like took a shot at producing church, but um, they were like, the best of the best and if like people knew that I had them like working on church they'd be like what the fuck but uh I ended up not liking what they'd done with it and it so they gave like- you so they so they took what you had done the chords and the and the skeleton of the song and they made a version of it that that you didn't like you better treat me like church you better 
I was actually like in the studio with them, but I was letting them take the lead. Uh, and I was just like, I just want to see like where other people hear it because I don't know where church goes. And it didn't speak to me and it didn't hit me. And for me, like the only way I can release a song is if it emotionally like really speaks to me. And I didn't feel like it was me. Like I'm very, very involved in my music and it just felt too separate. And uh, I didn't like, it didn't resonate with me. I have to go with my gut. And so I wish the weird- you, I, I just wish you would name names, <laughs> but I know that you won't. I won't, I can't, you know, just, just like, cause I, out of respect for yeah. this artist. And, and here's a crazy thing for you. When I finished Awake, Church didn't make it on the album because I was not happy with anything that was done on it. And I, I wasn't feeling good enough to, or confident enough to, to, to finish Church. I felt like I couldn't do it justice as my, on my own as a, as a producer. And as the album was getting mastered, my A&R from EMI, Scott Horscroft, Scott called me and was like, hey, I really love church and I think you should have one last crack at it. And this was around the time I was doing the Scarehouse tour in Australia. I went to Scott's farm with my computer and everything and just like sat on Instagram Live actually with my fans and started producing church from scratch. So basically I sometimes find that feeding off like the energy of people and like having that pressure of knowing my, my fans were like watching me create, like made me get off, up off my ass and like really work on this and really feel my way through it. So yeah, I got on Instagram live. You guys having fun? Um, set my, set my phone up and, and just started like rewriting the chords and, and like finding sounds. I'll play you some of the chords. I kind of like succumbed to what I felt like the song was naturally doing from the start. And I realized that the, the vocal line is going to carry this song no matter what and I just did my best to find something that was going to musically support my message you know not overcomplicating things keeping the drums big but simple I got it to like a pretty good point and then I flew to Hong Kong because I had a show there and I remember having like two hours before having to hand in my album and I was like, hang on a second, you know, like there's, there's a little thing I want to put at the end of church for the post-chorus. I didn't go out at all. I think I spent like 13 hours straight in my hotel room, like <laughs> finishing the last chorus. Then Alangelo, who is the producer for, for The weekend, he's done a lot of stuff for The weekend. Yeah, he's done The weekend. He did like a, a bunch of stuff for Post Malone. Post Malone, yeah. So he's like a really good friend of mine and there's this like vocal chop that he'd done that he'd heard with my vocal on church that I ended up making the bridge so but Wait, which, um, which bit in the bridge where I'm like I shouldn't let you get to me but you do well you take it out on me as it's true and then it's got the this walked vocal ah, what a, the bridge so like after like the second uh, chorus that that was me and Elangelo you shouldn't let you get to me but you do I believe I put it in the last chorus as well, just like to, to give it momentum. Oh, yeah. Fun. The final chorus of this song is so good. Oh, I mean, oh, 
<laughs> that's what I ended up doing in Hong Kong. But yeah, like, Elangelo actually gave me like a lot of confidence because I was playing him like what I'd done versus what everyone else had done. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're like a really good producer. Like, I don't understand why you're not using this. This sounds the most natural. And he was like the first person who made me feel like I didn't need them, you know? Like the moral of the story and the reason why I think Church Now means even more to me is that like it went through the ringer and I think it was because I was not, I was doubting myself as an artist and my confidence wasn't there at the time. And then I realized at the end of it that I need to always trust trust my gut and know I'm a good, you know, I know I'm good enough to get to my vision. I, I felt, you know, a lot of pressure because it was the second album and I needed it to be like better than the first and all these things that you think about. And so I, I thought like I needed people to help, but at the end of the day, yeah, I ended up <laughs> taking it all back and, and, and like, that's like really my song, you know? It's Alice in Wonderland for Inspired, talking about church. And if you liked that very personal story, then you should check out the episode where we got really deep with Montaigne about her song, Because I Love You. I spoke to this young, fiery singer about the headspace that she was in when she started writing this song. At the time, it was very much like I was quite drawn to partners who, who were troubled. So when I wrote the song, I broke it up with him. And when we broke up, it was very much like, I love you. I just don't feel the spark anymore. And then when I wrote the song, it was kind of stream of consciousness. I just started writing this stuff about the relationship. And it was stuff I hadn't actually realised I felt or noticed about the relationship. And when I wrote the song, after I wrote the song, that's when I actually realised, like, oh, like, it was a really fraught relationship. And it's interesting because, yeah, I stayed. Even though there were all these red flags about him, I stayed and, you know, because I was in love and I was 18. That's the Montaigne episode for Inspired. I hope you've been enjoying these juicy chats. Please rate and subscribe if you want to. I'm Linda Mariano and I'll catch you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>